Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Mary Ann Pack, spiritual medium, author and publisher, and joy advocate, guiding you into all things life transformational. And I want to welcome you to this series of unmuted voices uh, where I'm interviewing coaches and light workers and shamans and transformational leaders and how they found themselves with a muted voice because of maybe indoctrination or whatever was limiting beliefs that kept them living small. And there had been awakening, whether it was an aha moment or maybe a series of moments that culminated into realizing they needed to unmute their voice and share their love and joy with the world. And today our guest is Lori Raggio, my dear friend, and welcome, Lori. Thank you, Marianne. It's so amazing to be here with you and all of your guests. I am so happy you're here. And we're actually going to jump right in, Lori, and ask, so when did you realize that you had to mute your voice or play small? or And, and when I say voice, it's not necessarily a physical attribute as a physical thing. It's living our life, how we express life. Um, so when did you realize that yeah. it wasn't safe? It wasn't safe to have your voice out there. Well, I'm not sure I knew it at the time, Marianne, but when I look back now, I think my being muted started when I was very, very young. I mean, when mm -hmm. I was about three years old, I started to have some medical conditions, asthma, um, and then around five, and again, these are stories that I've heard from my mom and my dad and some of my, you know, older grandparents. And But around five, I actually started to develop, like physically, emotionally, everything was developing at this rapid rate to wow. the point that I was told that I had to have experimental shots to stunt my growth. And the biggest thing that they were concerned about is that as a six or seven year old young child, that I could have possibly have had my period, the start of my period at six or seven. Oh my. And so these experimental shots mm. were stunting the growth. And obviously they worked. But one of the things that happened is that think about being a five or six year old child, you're different, you're growing, you look different than everybody else. I had no idea what was happening, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to be seen because I was different. And part of what then happened from there is that around the age of 10, again, my body was so different than any 10-year-olds. And I was like a mature person. Boys were interested in me. I was 10 years old. I was the tallest person in my class. But what happened is that, again, not wanting to be seen, not wanting to be heard, I decided that the way I was going to control that is that I was going to control the intake of my food. And so at 10 years old, I was 5'3", I weighed 133 pounds, and I decided I wasn't going to eat. Hmm. And that turned into then many, 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 many years of anorexia. So being, I shrunk. I mean, I physically shrunk to protect myself, to feel like I had some control, to 
not be seen, not be heard. Um, and that was really kind of the start for me. And I actually went from 133 to 85 pounds before one day my parents took me to a psychiatrist and he looked at me and he's like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to kill yourself? For whatever reason, that particular day, that particular time, I heard it, it clicked. And I was like, no, you know, I've got too much, you know, too many sure. talents, too many gifts, too many other things that I really want to share with people. And no, I'm not ready to do that. And so it kind of then started from there. And that was about at the age of 14. Mm. So, <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> right? That's some extreme conditions that you were growing up in. Yeah. So yeah. you had, you know, you didn't want to be seen because you're the oddball. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you've talked about, you know, needing to be in control, mm -hmm. thus the eating disorder. Yeah. Um, and 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 how you lived that that, you know, taking we've talked before about how, you know, you could make life look really successful on the outside, but on the inside, you were just, you know, dying. Um, Absolutely. I was losing myself. You yeah. Know, the outside was looked perfect and I could control that and how right. I presented everybody thought she's got it all together. They're not going to question me. They're not, I don't need to be vulnerable because yeah. everybody thinks everything's fine. Right. Yeah. So you kind of touched a little bit on some of those beliefs. What were those other, I call them indoctrinated beliefs because they're things yeah. that we just took on ourselves. Yeah. Either they were subtle messages we heard or they were actually teachings that ended up being toxic for us. So yeah. what were some of those beliefs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think some for me is I grew up in a family of educators and so my mom was a kindergarten teacher and my dad was a, an administrator, a principal in high school. Um, and so one of the things that I learned was you are successful and what you do and how you perform is what gets you attention. And so I had all the straight A's and I was involved in every kind of activity you could think of in high school and in college. And so again, it was this external Lori is successful. Lori's okay. Um, and it kept people focused there versus really on who I was on the inside. Right. Yeah. So as long as you're performing. Right. So how else did that affect your life? Like even your, you know, your relationships, maybe your choices of where you wanted to go to college, your do your work, your health. Because you obviously had some health issues younger. So right. how did that affect you? And was there like spiritual messages yes. that you were maybe having to learn or relearn? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, what happened is, you know, again, the performance, the doing was so important mm. that there was a lack of who I was being, who yes. I truly was underneath all of that doing. And so my spiritual relationship took a toll. I mean, I would say it wasn't until probably about four years ago that I really started to get back in touch with who I am as a spiritual person and to talk more about that. And 
you know, one way I be, that has helped me become unmuted is all of these book anthologies that I've been involved in in the last year and a half. That was my outlet to start to truly talk about spirituality and that part of me. Absolutely. Um, it also, I, I think it infected my relationships too, because I was always very task focused mm-hmm. versus relationship. My default, my default energy is give me stuff to do. I'll check it all off. And that was taking over relationships, whether it was friendships. I had time for friends when I wasn't working. I had time mm-hmm. for my family when I wasn't working. Um, and all of that really started to change when my position as an HR leader and HR executive was dismantled basically. So it wasn't until August of 2017 that all of that external stuff was like, Lori, you no longer are that HR executive. You no longer Mm -hmm have the same amount of consistent income coming in. You no longer can talk about who you are based on what you do. All that stripped away. All of that. You know, all of your onion peels came unraveled Absolutely. very quickly. Absolutely. Who was and there? So that was, even though I was wanting something different and I knew that the role I was in was not satisfying to me and, I had already started to think about, you know, starting my own business. Um, So I knew that there was disalignment and I knew that there was, you know, lack of integrity. And but that forced me at that point to have to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that was part of your aha moment. Yes. But I know a lot of times there's not just one no moment it's a series of moments that culminate no. into this awakening i yes. have to unmute my voice i yes. have to speak my truth i have to live my truth yeah definitely marianne for me it was definitely a series and kind mm. of like you said i'm peeling of the onion it, it was in different parts of my life so mm. 15 years ago there was another kind of unraveling and that was Every time I would come to Arizona to visit, because my spouse at the time has family here, I would be like, I didn't want to leave. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, but there was this pull. And so I knew that eventually I was going to be here. I thought it was going to be as a married person. (laughs) Didn't work out that way. But I think some of the unraveling again was this idea that I felt like in my marriage, I couldn't quite be who I was as I was becoming more spiritual, as I was becoming more of a sourced, transformational sourced leader. There wasn't that connection in my marriage to be seen and heard like that. And so becoming unmuted you know, to go to my spouse of 32 years and say, this is no longer for me. Yes. But I knew that I wasn't in integrity with myself in that relationship. Absolutely. So I think yes. there's glimpses, you know, that you get if you if you're open to them and you pay attention to them. Yes. 
And that's the key to being aware because sometimes it takes those, those um, aha moments, time after time after time before it's almost like we have to build our awareness muscle. Yes. What are we going to be aware of? Are we just going through life blindly on default? You know, are we actually going to start choosing our life, creating our reality, you know, living that truth? Well, and I think the truth comes out because at least I know for me and for those, you know, women who I support and in my business now Mm -hmm. is that I was allowing myself to place myself in groups of people, coaches, Mm -hmm. other like-minded women on retreats so that I could hear what they were saying to me and they were feeding back to me what they heard from me. Laura, you're not, don't appear to be happy in your marriage. And it took mm-hmm. about a year, you know, of people kind of feeding that back to me before I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And instead of talking about it, I need to do something about it. Yes. You know, absolutely. So it, it's giving, it was, giving myself permission to unmute, you know, and say Mm -hmm. at this point, yes, I could stay just like my mom or like other relatives stayed in relationships and marriages, Mm -hmm. but I have a choice. Yes. And I'm muting myself and in voicing my choice was to not stay. Yes. I can so relate to that because I also, you know, got divorced after 25 years of marriage. And um, yeah, it was just like I had grown so much and I mm-hmm. felt like I was just kind of pulling my partner along. Yes. Um, instead of us growing together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I so understand that. And it's, and it's sometimes really, really scary to have to make those choices to unmute that part of our voice. It is. You know? Because um, rather than staying, because I stayed way too long as it was. Um, Yeah. You know, I think. So how did you, when did the shift start coming? The shifts in beliefs, the, Mm. um, you know, when you started becoming more sovereign um, and, and living joyfully unmuted. Yeah. Well, I I know it's a process. We're always on this path. Yeah, it's always a journey, right? I mean, it's always a journey and and it still is. So I'm sure that, you know, maybe at some point in this conversation, I'll bring something up that shows that I'm still in the journey. But I think it was when I started to be around the people who I could trust, who I could be authentic with, who could really see and hear me and value me for who I was and am. Then I started to trust myself and then being able to say, yeah, no, what I'm feeling is, is okay. And I want to live differently. And so I think it was that putting myself in those situations um, Mm -hmm. was really helpful. And I do think that, you know, when I think about the the women who I work with, it's the same thing. It's acknowledging them. It's helping them to see who they are, 
who they want to become, and then what decisions do they need to make in order to create that life that they want. Yes. And then supporting them through it. And I like how you always say that it's the life that we desire and deserve. Yes. It's becoming that person. Yes. Uh, because um, even though we're always deserving, sometimes we don't, we don't believe it because right. we've been told otherwise, you know, either plain out, straight out, you don't deserve this, or it's just a subtle message that we start believing. So right. I love how you always talk about it being, um, yes, a yeah. life that we actually desire and deserve. And deserve. Yeah. Yes. So, well, and I think, you know, you talked about, and the word that always comes to my mind and that I've, you know, worked on with Manda and, and others around the energy, mm -hmm. um, but the worthiness, you know, worthiness, I think is a, it's something that gets passed on between generations and sometimes we don't even know it. Yeah. Um, but to believe that you have the worthiness mm -hmm. to use your voice is something that I think all of us, especially as women, need to understand and feel. Yes. Yes, especially for, for those of us like myself that was raised in a religious order that women were supposed to be silent. Our yes. voice didn't matter. We were literally taught that, yeah. that um, what whatever we wanted or desired wasn't near as important as the man in our life. Yeah. So that was blatant telling me to mute yourself. Yeah. And so coming out of the church then and out of those beliefs, it's taking me, it's still, I mean, still in the process of unmuting my voice because I still get those twinges of, yes. oh, I can't say that. Yeah. You know, that's my husband or I can't say that. That's, you know, somebody, you know, one of my old church friends will, will have something to say about that post, you know, so. So yeah. our mess is always our message. What we've yes. worked through, what we've transformed through is always the message that source brings through us because it's personal. Yes. We have a personal experience with it in transforming into the more joyous life of who we really are. So how do you use your unmuted voice now? How do you serve mm -hmm. the world for good? Well, I think in a variety of ways now, and I have all kinds of aspirations. So I know it's, again, yes. still a journey that's that's growing. Um, for me, as I mentioned over the last year and a half, um, having chapters in the LPL book anthologies has just been huge for me. Um, mm -hmm. It's a way of me to get out my thoughts, my feelings, my experience, my magic, my talents, um, and so that has been extremely helpful. Um, and so being more willing to be visible that way. Um, and when I think back, I mean, one of the things I wanted to do when I was really young is I wrote poetry all the time. It was, a, it was kind of an escape, I guess, that I had at the time. You know, I don't want you to see me, but I wanted to at least, you know, verbalize it. Um, but I wanted to write for Hallmark. I mean, that was something I wanted to do way back when. And so I think 
you know, over the last year and a half, I'm allowing myself again to, to be more visible in my writing. Um, the other way is, you know, through my coaching, um, I really use my unmuted voice <laughs> and my coaching approach and, and how I support other women to really show all of themselves mm -hmm. in their relationships, in their, um, you know, work, um, and, you know, just the expansiveness that their life can be if they get out of their own way. Yes. So. And I would imagine you see a lot of women in your coaching that, that have had to also mute their voice. Absolutely. Of, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, as I was kind of thinking back about my current clients, there's a, a young woman who's in her um, early thirties. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that she's always wanted to do is take a, a solo trip and her place is Ireland. Mm -hmm. And so as we've been working through coaching over the last couple of years, she finally has gotten to the point where she's like, I'm going to Ireland by myself. And I was able to connect her with Robin, you yes. know, so Robin's working with her to plan that whole trip. And I got the text from her today that said, my flights are booked. I'm going. And so for her, it was the belief in herself. Yes. That she could do that. Yes. You know, yes. so it, does a, it, it looks different for every single person, you know, but I think it's that idea that we believe in ourselves enough. Mm -hmm. that we're going to use our voice. Yes. However, yeah. you know, that might show up. Exactly. That that's it because it's not it's not necessarily like for you part of your voice is your writing. For yes. me, it is my writing. Right. For me, yeah. it is podcasting. For me, yeah. it is, you know, posting on social media right. or sharing a blog. Right. Um, using my voice for, you know, recording audio blogs. Right. So what what other things, what else would you like to tell us? Because I want to spend yes. some time definitely on expanding and giving yes. hope that yes. others can also, you don't have to stay muted. You can unmute your voice. And, um, and, and again, folks, this is why I am such a proponent of coaching and finding a mentor that can walk with you because I know for myself, it has taken me years that it may not have had to take this long. Right. Yeah. Um, having someone hold your hand and walk you through it. Yeah. And not telling you what you're going to believe now. Yeah. But letting you find out, discover, explore yeah. what it is to unmute your voice. Yeah. Because we're all unique. So what else I can, would you like I can to share? With yeah. us? There's a couple of things. Um, so, you know, I'm 60 years old. I feel like I'm a very young 60, very mm -hmm. active, healthy 60. And so I am dating again. And so I have a relationship coach. And, um, you know, part of it was to, again, unmute myself, really say, here's what I'm looking for very specifically, and to not settle. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I'm going through meeting different people, there are times where my default energy and my triggers come up. And so I go to my coach and say, oh my gosh, I did it again. And, you know, kind of talk through. But I think a way of unmuting myself was my profile on match.com 
looks so different than so many others I've seen. And part of it was I wanted to authentically show who I really am. Mm. And the kinds of pictures I have there are different and my writing is different. And I've gotten some really interesting comments about, you know, oh my goodness, this looks so different than anything I've seen. I'm just very intrigued. You know, so that was a way of getting unmuted. I mean, I never thought about doing that before. And it's like, what the heck? You know, I want people to know who I truly am because if that, if I'm not for you in that way, good, don't contact me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Um, so, I mean, that was a way. Um, and, and another piece is, I think, again, because this is all in a, a journey. Um, you know, there are some kind of dark sides, I think, to all of us and kind of our shadow side. And, you know, part of what I'm, you know, challenged to work through right now is some financial difficulties that I've never had to deal with in my entire life. And so, you know, what does that look like to be unmuted and to work through that? And for me, it's claiming it, understanding it, owning it, and then turn around and asking for support. And if you think about that, you know, previous kind of life of mine where on the outside, you know, Lori is perfect, everything's fine, nobody knows what's going on in the inside. The responses that I've received when I go and ask for financial help from somebody, family, ex-spouse, children. I mean, it's not easy. Um, but the responses are fascinating too, because not only am I transforming through this whole process, but they are too, because yes. they've never known a Lori who needed that kind of help. Right. So there's been different kinds of conversations that have happened with my siblings because of it. Mm-hmm. And the way that I look at it now is that it is a temporary part of my life. It's a mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, all kinds of learning and meaning, I'm sure, that's going to come out of it. Um, but, you know, don't be afraid to start over because the new story may be better than the old story. Absolutely. And so the unmuting is, you know, be authentic, be vulnerable, be honest, um, ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. And then be willing to receive it. Yes. It's a different kind of chapter. It's a different, a different way of looking at it. Um, Absolutely. We don't have to wallow around in the struggle of it. No. The people really do want to help support. And it's the hardest thing, you know, I, I understand completely. It's the hardest thing for me to, ask for help for something and then allow myself to receive what I just asked for or somebody offering to help before I even ask. Yes. You know, and then being gracious to receive it and just be thankful. Well, and part of, and I, I totally agree. And I think part of what I'm experiencing that I knew, but I think it's come to a different level is that, when we are able to do that, 
people get to know us at a totally different level because mm. we're actually allowing ourselves to be human. Yes. And yes. so that connection deepens with people. Yes, yes, um, yes. And um, there was a, there's a poem from Marianne Williamson and uh, it's from a, one of her books and it's called the, um, I think it's called the deepest fear, but it talks about, you know, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate, but our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. <laughs> and if we're powerful beyond measure, we can't do that as a muted person. Um, and she talks about, there's this one section just is so, uh, meaningful to me. And she says, you're playing small does not serve the world. There's mm -hmm. nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Mm -hmm. And so if we, you know, are questioning whether we should be unmuted or whether we should share our thoughts and talents and gifts and magic, we have to. I mean, there's not a question because playing small doesn't help us and it certainly doesn't help anyone else. You know, we can't change the world if we're playing small. No, no. That's so good. That's so beautiful. Yeah, we definitely fear our actual power. You know, it's, it's not, it's, and, and it's so fun because this year in my nine star chi energy yes. is own your power. So uh, I've got, that is my, my word for the year is trust. Yes. So, you know, I'm, that, that's it. We're so fearful that we're more, the power, the powerfulness of who we are and the magnificence of who we are can scare the shit out of us. <laughs> you know, if we would dream as big as yes. we we could yeah. and allow ourselves, you know, we would just blow our socks off and everybody else. Um, and then no, I think I, that's when we withdraw because we're yes. going, oh, what will they think? I yes. couldn't ever do that. And then all the limiting indoctrinated beliefs start kicking back in mm -hmm. again. Well, and it's not only that, Marianne, but it's that we are going to be around people who are not ready for where we are. Yes. You know, when I take a look at the current kind of dating relationships that I'm in, it's like, if people can't accept me as me, as unmuted, and they're not bringing the same energy that I'm bringing, mm -hmm. then that's okay. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just not right for me. Mm -mm. And it's not going to help me to continue to expand and be able to support other people and, and bring my magic. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Lori, for being my guest yeah. and sharing about your process of unmuting your voice. And you can reach Lori at Lori at inspiregreatnesscoaching.com. It will be in the show notes for you. This is the easiest way she's told me to get a hold of her. If you have heard something that intrigues you and you just have that pull towards Lori, go for it. 
at least book a session with her so that you can figure out if, if she would be uh, the coach for you or what, what you could collaborate on to, to make your life better because she's very good at it. I know I have been coached by her many, many times and she has been such a delightful help. So um, again, her, this, her email will be in the show notes. And um, just real quickly, I'd like to thank everybody for coming. Thank you for showing up. And if you're watching the replay, know that energy knows no bounds. This energy of love and joy that we are emanating into the world and sending out this intention of energy will touch you if you will allow it because it knows no bounds. It knows no time clock. It knows no live or replay. So don't worry about that. And I want to also um, offer that that um, my book, The We Are Joy series has started. This first one is Reawaken Your Joy. I would love, love, love for you to get this. It is 12 lessons that have integrative questions. And it's all about reawakening that joy of who you really are, that we are joy on the inside. We are embodying joy. Now we need to live it on the outside with our unmuted voices. So um, that link will also be in the show notes for you. And um, Lori, do you have any other words of wisdom you would like to share with our audience before we close out today? I do. I yes, do. I, I knew always you would. That. Um, first of all, I just want to say it was an honor to write the forward for the book. Mm. Yes. It yes. Was extremely helpful for me to do so because it helped me to tap into my own joy. So it was just like the perfect timing. Um, yes, forgive me. I forgot to say, no, we actually wrote the foreword in this book. So in this book, the cover is like so amazing. Yes. I just I'm in love with the cover. Um, but there is a, a song that um, if anyone wants to, to look up, it's called The Power of Now. And it's by Alicia Chellum, C-H-E-L-L-U-M. And just I want to give you a couple of the words because it's I think it just wraps this whole conversation up. But it's called it says the power of love is here now. The power of now is here now. The power of you and me is here to create magic on earth. Let the water wash away your tears let the fire burn away your fears. Let the wind blow into your life such faith and trust. Let the earth hold you, take care of you, and nurture you. Mm. So thank you so much, Marianne. And that's so perfect because y'all also, something she didn't get to because this wasn't the topic, but I want to throw it out there. She does sessions about your geographical soulmate. Are you actually living in the place that's calling you? Yes. Um, so if that piques your interest, be sure and email Lori. I'll put it up one more time. Again, it will be in the show notes. Um, find out from her because this is part of unmuting your voice. Just like she said, she, she actually moved across country to Arizona during the pandemic so that she could live in that geographical soulmate. So you want to speak just a second about that before we close out. I think, I mean, that's what you just said, is it? 
Okay. <laughs> I think there's at least one geographical soulmate, if not more, for every single one of us. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you could already be in your geographical soulmate. You just need no. to awaken to that awareness of it, too. Yeah. So it's not that you have to pick up and move like Lori did across no. country. <laughs> but, you know, because the thing is, there's there's also it's a, a time of, of finding it out. And it may be seasons. You know, yeah. these years may need it to be spent in this area. But now you're being called somewhere else. And then you may be called again somewhere else. So um, this is all part of unmuting our voice. It is living true to who we really are, living our authentic lives in love and joy. So thank, thank you, you again, Marianne. Lori. Thank you for having this series. I mean, Absolutely. it's so important. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Thank you it for is. inviting me. And I'm forward. I'm looking forward. Also, this podcast will culminate into an anthology, and Lori is going to be an author in it. So that's coming out next January. I'm so happy for that. So remember, folks, you are joy looking for a way to express and find someone to help you unmute your voice so that you are expressing the joy of who you are. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. -bye. Bye.